shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in Him be found, dressed in His righteousness alone. For blessed to stand before the throne. Outer Mongolia, <laughs> you know. I don't know if it's outer or inner, but uh, the Browns, Mark and Nancy and David, and so we want to have them come up and share a little bit of what God did in Mongolia. And I think isn't there a video? Did you want to go ahead and play that now? Why don't you go ahead and put that in, and then you guys tell us what God did in Mongolia. Look at David. He's uh, 
He looks like he's been in an amazing place with the Lord. And can't wait to hear, guys. Good morning. Thank you. Are we playing that video? This is the, um, it's what they call the Gare District. It's the outside, it's the countryside. Um, most of those, none of those houses have running water. But that's what the countryside looks like. The countryside that's outside the uh, capital city. So as far as you can see, it's actually um, the poorest of the poor. There's a lot of poverty. Okay. There's another video and then there's a slideshow. Oh, this man, this man, he had been beaten in the head and he hadn't walked for 12 years. Look at, the, wait till you see the smile on his face. He couldn't move his arm. See, now he's starting, we're, we're saying, show us what you can do. And he's doing it. He hadn't moved his hand. He hadn't moved his arm. He hadn't moved his legs and now he's standing. It's, look at that smile. Yeah, look at me. He says, God heals. So, God continued to heal. We had quite a few people like that. That were either had had a stroke and hadn't moved in years or for one reason or another. And then we're going to have a whole bunch of happy faces behind us. As you do the slideshow. And maybe David can talk a little while you're looking at... We just, I think... Almost everybody we prayed for got healed. Yeah. And our goal was not to go and heal people. Our goal was to teach people how to pray to heal each other. So you're going to see lots of pictures of Mongolians gathered around each other so that they could pray with each other and, uh, and bring it back to their villages. And there's David teaching. Well, no, it was the sing song. Here we go. Go ahead. I can't say too much because they're only like four seconds for each picture. But praying for people in the church in the countryside. Um, well, the picture. That was one lady uh, who didn't have hearing, and she regained hearing in one ear and then half like the other one. And um, just more of the people praying for each other after being taught about healing. And then her, I think with the eyesight, a lot was brought back through prayer and whatnot through God. That's the hillside next to the, the village. And that man um, couldn't barely walk or like bend his knees. And after praying, he improved majorly. So smiling with his thumbs up with the crutches. <laughs> and then that. Oh, yes. that was when we did like an outreach out in the basketball court beside the road, um, eating with the president of one of the universities in the city. <laughs> Yeah. That's the capital city. There's the um, poster um, with... Yeah, if you can make that bigger, Mark, yeah. on, on the picture. Yeah. We don't have to describe every picture. Yeah. Just tell them some, some of your experiences. Oh, so we'll be talking and let that be in the background. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> I'll begin with God is good in the U.S. and in Mongolia. Um, <laughs> just about everywhere. Um... And the only reason any of us are up here is to give honor to God. So we don't come up here to say we went to Mongolia. We went to say that we 
try to serve God and just give him honor and just help others experience him. So that's the only real purpose. Um, but yeah, um, it, was, it was pretty amazing. There was very different. First time I went to Asia, so um, many new experiences, but I mean, in the end, people are still people. So <laughs> it was it made a lot of friends, even though most of them I made couldn't speak English, but didn't get in the way too much. Um, and primarily, like they mentioned, the, the purpose was to go there and teach people how to heal. And when you say teach how to heal, it's basically teach them to trust in God and accept that he's willing to use them to do great things. And so that was really, it's encouraging seeing people realize that God wants to use them and that he loves them. And if they're obedient and follow his will, they'll do amazing things for God. So that was really encouraging just to see people have their confidence boosted and begin to just heal each other and just begin to just walk out in that, that authority that God gives them. And so that was, it was encouraging and it was, it was good. It was a good trip. And it really boosts your confidence when you, you just you start to realize that all you have to do is just trust in God. Like, it's pretty amazing how throughout the gospel, well, Jesus gave authority to his disciples and told them to go out and heal the sick and cast out the demons and uh, just do miracles for him. And there were some times when they couldn't cast out a demon. And God, Jesus didn't say, you couldn't cast out the demon because you didn't have power. He said, because you didn't have faith, because you didn't trust that I could do it you weren't able to do it. So it really only requires just obedience and just to trust in God. And that's all it really about takes. So. Um, one, one quote that I have always found powerful is, um, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And Edmund Burke. So all it takes is for the enemy to basically have the victories for you not to allow God to have the victory, for you not to walk out in what he has and share love and kindness. And so it's really just about having that boldness. And it was a, that's one of the best things about this trip for just kind of boosting my um, boldness and just giving me encouragement to just walk out in faith. And so, yeah, I guess I'll let them finish us up some things. <laughs> it was... It was David that not only took most of the pictures in the videos, and there's a lot more if you want. Um, I can give you my Facebook name, and you can go on. But he did all the uh, afterwards. We'd go, we'd go find a place with internet, and he would um, do the IT stuff for us. That you know, we're I guess we're not too old to learn. But it was so nice. We we appreciate David. We want to say thank you. He got a chance to talk to the youth. He got a chance to pray for people. He got um, a chance to stay, spend the night in the gear with some of the boys from the church. And I just think he did an awesome job. We want to say thank you. And uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it was an amazing two weeks. We, we really hit the ground running. We, we just didn't have a chance to catch our breath. And some days we ministered in three different churches. And, and some, some days we actually had to split up and go different directions. They just had so much lined up for us to do. And, and God showed up and worked in so many amazing ways, ways that we didn't even think about happening before we went. He just opened doors for things for us in the future and, and um, showed us confirmation of things in the past. We had one young couple that we met with one morning that had been students of ours there when we taught English there 10 years ago that are now starting a missions base themselves there. So it's, it's just awesome to see how 
uh, God can use anybody. You know, we, we, this week, uh, God really highlighted to me in, in Acts 10, uh, Peter and, and, uh, and Cornelius, where, where Peter is, has the, the vision and he, and he sees the, the uh, sheet let down and, and he gets a call to go to the Gentiles and, and Cornelius at the same time has an experience and he sends three of his, his servants, two servants and, and, a, and a foot soldier to go and get Peter. Well, that was us. We were the foot soldiers. We don't even know their names. They're nobody special. But without them, the world wouldn't have been changed the way it was. And that's all of us. We all have a small part. We don't need to, they don't need to know our names. We just need to be obedient to the small steps that God has for us. If they hadn't gone and got Peter, you know, what, how different would the world be today? They didn't know what Peter was bringing to them. They didn't know what his story was. They just knew they had to go get Peter. That's all we have to do is go get Peter. Let Peter tell the story. And that's all we did. We went and we let God tell the story. And God showed up and, and changed people's lives. So we're, we're grateful for the opportunity to be able to go and do that. And we thank all of you guys that prayed for us and, and stood behind us while we were gone. And we, we just uh, felt your prayers and, and uh, encouragement so much. So we thank you all. I just want to say, I just, you know, we're just all so excited about what happened. But we didn't really mention it. Blind eyes were open. The deaf could hear, the lame could walk, the kingdom of God was shared. Amen. Now I want you to go with me to John chapter 3, and I want to read a scripture that I want to share some things that uh, most of you haven't heard. Some of you have, but, but you can hear it again. Is that okay? You know, the Lord used repetition. And so I'm going to use a little repetition, but I guarantee you probably 90% have never heard the story of something that Shirley and I got to experience. And uh, I believe God wants to get us ready for something far greater. Amen. Somebody shout. If you don't shout, I'm going to get, I'm going to think nobody's here. And I'm telling you, they're watching. And uh, we don't need a whole bunch. So listen to this. Look at this. Now, before I read this, in John chapter 3, now Jesus is referring to the regeneration, the rebirth, and we know that. You must be born again. But also this applies to anything that's birthed of the Spirit, okay? Anything that's birthed or born of the Holy Spirit. So look in verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is what? It's Spirit. Now, verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from, from where it goes or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Not only everyone, but I believe everything, every birthing, every movement of the Holy Spirit. It's birthed of the Spirit. You don't know which way it comes from. You hear the sound of it, but you don't know where all that it's going. But you know that God has come. And the wind is blown. And we had some wind this week. We've had some rain. I believe it's a sign. So, Lord, we want to thank you for this morning. God, we come. Thank you for the worship. Lord, we thank you now for the healings that took place sovereignly. Lord, we reached up to you. We believe you. We thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders that confirm the gospel. Lord, we're, we're not just preaching empty words. We thank you that you bear witness with your word. You confirm your word. 
And so we honor you, we exalt you. Lord, we pray for this day of visitation. Lord, how in the world can we get the word out to the earth about what you want to do? Lord, I don't know. you got to make the wind blow. you got to take these little videos and our Facebook messages. And Lord, you got to spread it around the world. We ask you to do it. Lord, we don't know how many will come, but we ask you, let there be the beginnings of a great awakening that would erupt on that day. Lord, do something astounding to this generation that our children will know that we're not just serving a God that worked in history, but He's a God that makes history every day. And we thank You for it in Jesus' strong name. And everybody agreed and said amen. If you weren't going to say it, I was going to say it for you. Amen. Well, you know, there have been many moves of the Holy Spirit throughout history. Dylan was sharing with us how... You know Roberts Lairdon. You know he was named after Oral Roberts. That's why his name is Roberts. And I'm really looking forward to him being here. But how, how he helped you in South Africa. There were videos, teachings on some of the early revivals and the men of God, the women of God that God used many years ago. And you know there are many moves that we've not even heard of. We haven't even heard of it. When we get to heaven... Maybe there'll be some replay of the great moves of God on planet Earth. You know, those that, you know, there was nobody publicizing it or whatever. They didn't market it. You know, didn't become very well known. But then there have been moves we've heard of that have impacted cities, regions, generations. Every move of God impacts individuals, first of all. In fact, it begins with individual. You're not going to have a revival unless some individual is on revival in revival. You know what I'm talking about. And they spread. They, they're on fire and so the world comes to watch them burn. That's what we want to be. We want to be so on fire they can't help but get here because of the smoke, you know, ascending out of this place. I believe, that, I believe God's into stuff like that. And then nothing will happen unless people pray. Somebody's got to pray. Who was it? John Wesley said, God does nothing except an answer to prayer. Now, he wasn't doubting the sovereignty of God at all. But, but what he meant by that, God answers prayer. When people get desperate, when they pray, when they hunger. And I don't know how many are coming on the 24th, but I'm going to be desperate. we got to pray for these nations. We're called a mission base. And God wants to move in the nations of the earth. He doesn't want Venezuela to shrivel up and die. He wants Venezuela to have a move of God that's written about and for generations to come. And so it is with the Philippines. We've got a church that we support. You guys know that. We support churches all over the world. We go above our tithe. And there's a church in southern Philippines. And they had, I think, ISIS or the Islamic terrorists took over an entire city. And I just sent him a, an email that wasn't your city. I hope it wasn't your city. I don't even know where it was, but he's in the southern part of the Philippines. So we're going to be praying, but I've asked him as well, would you stand in the gap and send us a video? We'll figure it out how to do it and pray for the Philippines. Push back the darkness. Listen, we have more authority in this place than the governments of the world have in their halls of Congress or their Senate chambers. Far more authority. We have the real authority. But you know, God, when God moves, and if you've studied the revivals in history, it wasn't just to revive a church or whatever, you know. It was to bring reformation. 
restoration over a region of the earth, a, a society. And God wants to do that. He wants to see transformation. Now, I just jotted some things down this week because I thought Dylan was going to preach and you're going to preach next week. That'll be great because you guys are going to go to Haiti. Are you going to Haiti too, David? So you came back from Mongolia, you're going to Haiti. And then after that, you can come with us to Africa. We got to go to Kenya. A church was birthed. Watch on our web stream. And uh, so they've got over 100 folks plus now meeting in a home. I don't know how they do that in Kenya, in a home. Obviously, they're outside around the area because you just, you don't have a home for 100 people. You hardly have a home for two or three. I mean, it's, it's just a different place. But so I jotted some things down. You'll preach next week. We'll pray over you guys, send you to Haiti. Listen, your assignment, start a revival in Haiti, okay? We don't want anything less. We want Haiti to be rocked because our youth go there and they, they're on fire and they leave a fire behind them, okay? That's just the assignment. Souls, you know, we want souls. Now, this church, they pray every morning at 6 a.m. Get up. It's get up early, Jabez. You understand? You got to get up. They have sometimes a thousand people praying at church 6 a.m. in the morning before they go to work. This is not an American church. That church is... Major, mighty. I'm telling you, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Churches, when you call a prayer meeting, you got to tell folks, you know, hey, look, we've got enough. We don't need any more. Our parking lot is full. You know, could you imagine that in America? By the way, we pray every Monday at 7:30. We even ex we we went from seven to 7:30 to give people 30 more minutes of sleep. But it's a time to start the week. We pray every day. But we begin by just ministry to the Holy Spirit. So we invite you to come. Anyway, I, I jotted down these things. Every move of God is, number one, unexplainable. There are things happening right now that are unexplainable. I wish I could share with you what a lady shared with me last week at the altar. But I'm going to wait because I don't understand it. I can't explain it. And I don't want to mess it up. And I don't want to publicize I'd rather God publicize. So anyway, one day we'll have her share a testimony, but it just blew my mind what she told me. And then there are other things happening right now. Jackson Denny, he was supposed to be here, but he called me the other day. He said, David, I'm holding things with my hand. Stuff's happening. I'm going to be driving soon. I said, Jackson, this is a miracle. It's not supposed to happen. They said you were going to die. Remember, they gave you up. But God didn't give him up. And then there's other things. Linda sent us something. Did you see what Linda, Linda sent out? She's not here today. This stuff, it's, I don't know how to explain this stuff. There's going to be more things. Unexplainable. Secondly, unpredictable. How do you predict the moving of the Holy Spirit? The wind comes, you don't know where it comes from. You just hear the sound of it. And then it's unstoppable. At least unstoppable by those who oppose it. Or those who ridicule. There are those that can stop it, the ones that God uses, you know, in the beginning stages of it. I mean, you can, in fact, I was reading about Charles Finney wrote an article on hindrances to revival. And in the article, he said, pride, one of the things you have to guard for when God begins to move is pride entering into the hearts of those that God uses in that revival. He said, it's almost always the case in every revival that a part of the church or the religious system in that region, they're going to oppose it. They're going to reject it. 
they'll stand back with their arms folded, you know, and they, they're not going to jump in. They're going to take a wait-and-see approach. I'm not going to take a wait-and-see approach. Forget the wait-and-see. Jump in while you can, while the water's hot. But, you know, there are those that are going to oppose it, talk about it. Any move of God that's not talked negatively about is not a move of God. They talked about the Lord. Man, they thought he had a demon. They didn't know, who, are, who is this blasphemer claiming that he's God? You know, they, they wanted to string him up. And they eventually did. But it wasn't until the time. It wasn't until it was the Father's purpose. So anyway, there's all kinds of stuff that Finney wrote about. I could, but you don't want to get proudful. You don't want to publicize. You know what happens is the media picks it up. And then you start thinking, wow, we must be really special people around here. You know, wow, God has chosen us. Whoa, this is really good. And so you get puffed up, and then the Holy Spirit gets grieved. We're not going there, okay? We're not going to go there. I asked the Lord, Lord, why would you have me preach a message like this? He said, well, why don't you wait and see? But the Spirit gets grieved when we start boasting. And then another thing is when there's a move of God, it's unlike any previous move or experience in history. Now, I'm going to share something a lot of you don't know anything about, most of you, probably 90%, a few of you that have been around, we've shared this, and I've shared bits and pieces. But uh, I was Rick Joyner's, Joyner's ministry assistant. You guys knew that way long time ago. And we were in Fort Mill. No, no, we weren't in Fort Mill. We lived there. But the ministry was located south of Charlotte, Lancaster Boulevard. And anyway, I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw a group of people that uh, we had to go be with that group of people. I was sitting in a car in the dream. Rick was driving, and I was in the passenger seat. And we pulled up and stopped, and I got out. I said, Rick, see you later. I got to go. We got to go be with those people. And so that dream is what God used. And we left, and we went to Mississippi. And uh, we went back to the Calvary Baptist Church in Mississippi. Okay, so, you know, that was my past, but God sent me back to this group of people for a purpose. And so we scheduled some meetings, then they were only going to supposed to last for a month, or no, a week, supposed to be just a few days, three days. And I was asking God before the meetings, Lord, how many people are going to be saved? And he, you know, put in my heart, why don't you ask me? So I thought, well, we have a church of about 150, the town doesn't have over, you know, five, six thousand, I don't know how many people, whatever. So God, I ask you for 50 people to be saved. That would be a miracle. 50 people. So I was walking back and forth, as I often do when I pray, and the Lord grabbed my heart. It's like he rebuked me. He said, what? You asked me for 50 people. What do you think I am? He said, you asked me for a thousand. I said, God, we're only a church of 150. The town doesn't have that many more people. Lord, we don't have room. How can I ask for a thousand? He said, you ask me for a thousand and you announce it tomorrow morning. He said, God, they're liable to think I'm crazy. They already think that, so don't worry, just help. Don't worry about it. So I did. The next day I got up, I said, we're asking God for a thousand souls. They were looking around. Some folks had faith, you know, but you know, asking one thousand. 
So I announced it. We got ready for a thousand. We started ordering stuff, getting cards and things ready because we wanted to do it right. Well, the meeting started. By the second night, the crowds began to fill the building. We had to start turning people away. The, the, all of a sudden, there were traffic jams an hour and a half early to get to the church. It was the most amazing thing. The media began to pick it up, newspapers, television in the local city. It was uh, written about later in Charisma. But it was an amazing move of God. It was the talk of the schools. They had to stop classrooms to talk about what Jesus was doing. Can you imagine? They had to say, okay, today we're not going to talk about climate change. Something foolish like, you know what I mean? The, the, the climate changes every day, but we won't go there. But anyway, they stopped talking. You know what they had to talk about was the change of God that was going on in the hearts of the kids. Because the kids were saying, hey, God's changed my life. What's happening to me? My mom got saved or my dad got saved. Families. It was just an amazing thing. I'll never forget a pastor friend of mine told me he was pulling up to get some gas at a store. Before he got out of the car, a, a young girl ran up and knocked on the window. Said, are you a pastor? Yeah, he rose and went, yes, can you tell me how to find Jesus? I want to know. I want to know about Jesus. I tell you, that kind of stuff. One night. Now, this was amazing. Now, this was the Calvary Baptist Church. I know I'd been with Rick and all these things. And God obviously was doing a lot of stuff. But we went back to a pretty traditional church. And one night, you know, they sang hymns. But after a while, we got praise in there. And it was good. But anyway, one night we're praying upstairs with a circle before the meeting. The power of God, the Spirit of God falls, surely falls back on her. You know, fell out in the Spirit. Now, I'm, I, Shirley, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are, you don't do that here. How can you do that? What do you want to get us fired? What are you doing? You know, anyway, it's powerful. I never forget that. It was powerful. One night we asked God, we said, well, Lord, we asked tonight for 246 souls to be saved. So when the night was over, they brought all the cards. We added them up. There were like 200 and, I don't know, 12 or something like that. People got saved that night. The well, God, you missed it. No. From the balcony. We had a balcony. A lady comes with a bunch of cards. Hey, hold up. Wait. Hold. Stop the presses. We counted them. There were 246 people got saved that night. Exactly. What was supposed to last three days lasted three weeks. Went on and on. I've shared with you this part of it. How I didn't want to go to sleep at night. Because God was, had invaded the, the sanctuary. I couldn't wait to get back. And so there were nights I would say, God, don't let me go to sleep, please. I don't want to miss a thing. I literally didn't. We would, God, I don't want to go to sleep. Why sleep when you're moving? And so I'd get up in the middle of the night, go, just go hang out at the church. Can you imagine a pastor hanging out at church? Some folks don't even like the church. They always criticize the church. I couldn't wait to get back there. And it was an amazing thing, amazing time. I'll never forget. But you know what? That was then. This is now. This is now. God saves his best wine for last. And this is the day. This is the hour. So how are we going to respond? That's the message today.
How are you going to, what are we going to do when the wind begins to blow through? How are we going to react? Now, some folks, I'm telling you in advance, they're going to, just like this, they're going to take a wait and see attitude. And there'll be others, their tongue will go just like this. They'll be accusers, persecutors of their own Lord. They don't even know it. Kicking against the goat. All that stuff will happen. But what are we going to do? Number one, you ready? Receive it. You just receive it. I promise you, you didn't earn it. What are they going to say? Wow, that guy preaches great sermons. No wonder God. That ain't going to happen. Whoa, the worship is amazing. Well, it is. It is. It is to the degree we get into his presence. But that's not, that's not it. Well, they got a great youth pastor. He's a good one. In my book, he's a great one. But that ain't got it. That's not going to cut it. Nobody is going to be able to claim, wow, this is really, we deserve this. We've been praying. I know we pray every day. That's not going to get it. You, it. you can pray every, listen, God's going to move. In fact, I'm going to show you a couple things. Look in Romans chapter 9. I know we, we looked at this verse in the last, I don't know, months or so, but I want to see it again. Romans chapter 9. You with me? Verse 16, so then, it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, whether he runs well or he doesn't run so well, but of God who shows what? Mercy. And that's powerful. So then, it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. Look down in verse, say, 23, and then we'll move into... Some after that, he says that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had prepared beforehand for glory. God prepares a people in advance, vessels of mercy, so that his, he might be glorified. And then if you see in verse 25, he says, I will call them my people, and they shall be called. Verse 26, there they shall be called sons of the living God. God's raising up sons and daughters in this hour for which all of creation has been waiting for. One of these days I'm going to preach that message. I'm telling you, it's powerful. Just hadn't, I don't have it all together yet. But he's raising them up. And then verse 28, he's going to finish a work, cut it short in righteousness. And God will make a short work on the earth. But he's been preparing those people. Look over in James chapter 1. James 1 verse 17. And um, verse 18. Now listen to this. Every good gift. Say the word gift. Now what, what do you have to do to get a gift? You receive that gift. Do you have to earn the gift? No. A gift is a gift you receive. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. Verse 18, of his own will, God's will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. So God does things according to the counsel of his will. All right, number two, how do we prepare and what are we going to do? Well, don't try to explain why or what God is doing. You're not going to be able to explain. You don't want to be able. If you can explain it, then you've missed something somewhere. 
You know, it always amazes me how when something happens like a terrorist attack, they gather a panel on television. I don't even watch much of that stuff anymore at all. I don't care. It's all the same stuff. Anyway, they, they begin to analyze. You know, well, why do you think this happened? Well, I did because the terrorist had a ch bad childhood there. Did, you know, he, he didn't get disciplined. I don't know. All this garbage. Just stuff. They begin to analyze. What really is amazing today, how they have these sources. According to unnamed sources, Donald Trump stole a cracker box, Jack, from his... You know, what all this stuff? Who are the unnamed sources? Who are those guys? I don't even know them. Does anybody know an unnamed source? Anyway, I don't want to go there this morning. I'm not going to go there. But I tell you, you've got to... I don't know that it's going to take a lot of discernment in this hour. The world has so crossed the line into the realm of foolishness. Either you're going to be so overwhelmed with foolishness, or you're going to walk in the light as he is in the light. But anyway, when God begins to move, don't try to analyze. There's going to not be any expert. Just say, God. Why is it happening? must be God. I remember the story of the Asbury College revival. And Dr. Kinlaw was sharing what happened at Asbury back in 1970. And uh, he said that during that move of God, remember, that's when they had chapel on a Tuesday morning at 9. They were still having chapel Tuesday night at 9, Wednesday morning at 9, Thursday night at 9, Friday morning at 9. It went on and on and went for a solid week. And the God just invaded that, that auditorium. But they asked him, some people said, well, how can you attest to this revival that's happening at Asbury? I mean, don't you guys have revivals from time to time, you know, where you planned it? He said, I, I, I don't know where you come from, but I'm just going to tell you. This is, what, this is the only explanation I have. Last Tuesday morning at 9 a.m., God walked into our auditorium, and he's been there ever since. When God walks in, you'll know it. When the hand of God come, the unseen hand of God. We won't be able, no man are going to get credit. And then the next thing, you don't have to know what's next or where you're going. Now, if you don't know which way the wind blows, you remember that song, How Can You Plan Tomorrow? How many of you remember that song by the second chapter of Acts? Well, that proves your age and my age. Now, I heard that song. I think it was a song that actually came out in the Jesus movement. I don't know. Maybe the second chapter of Acts came out in the Jesus movement, maybe. Because they, they were old when I heard that song. They probably moved to the third chapter or four. I don't know where they are now. But those guys were good. They sang a song. It was called, How, you know, how Can You Plan Tomorrow? Which You don't know which way the wind blows. So how can you plan tomorrow? So anyway, we don't have to try to plan where this thing is going. If you plan where it's going, it will get going. Okay, you'll miss out. We're not going there. And then another thing is just run with it. You just run with it. Get on the train. My dad, mom used to take me to get on a train. And we would go. I'd spend months I think maybe, I don't know how long, but I'd go to Chicago to spend a month or weeks with my uncle, Mike, who was only a couple years older than me. But we would run the streets of Chicago when I was a kid. 
And I just remember, all aboard. I remember that. I loved riding the train. It was cool. We'd, we would play hide and seek. We had a lot of fun on the train on the way there. You know what I mean? And, and you'd go between the cars. It was very noisy, very loud. And you, have to, you didn't have to jump. I mean, they had little connections. But I often thought, boy, it would have been more fun if they didn't have any connection. You could just jump. I've seen them do it on TV. The cowboys did it. They just jump. But anyway, it didn't happen like that. But get on board. Jump in the river. What do you have to do to go swimming when the water's just right? You jump in. Say, well, I didn't bring my clothes. You don't need clothes. <laughs> How many of you? Be honest. Be honest. How many of you have ever gone skinny dipping sometime in your life? I did. Oh, come on. Ellie, you've never been skinny dipping. Well, okay. Maybe not Ellie. But have you ever done it? Yeah, I did, and I'm not going to do it now, but I did. Now, Mike, the creek, we would do it in cold, too. <laughs> it was cold. It was cold for Louisiana. But just jump in, jump in, jump in. Remember that. Remember that. Some of you are going to hear the Spirit of God moving. The, the water is going to be stirred. And uh, you, well, what am I going to do? Wait for them to, no, jump in. Go get in. And then the next thing, remember, it's God's purpose. It's what He has planned. It's what God has planned. You just remember. You remember they betrayed Jesus. He said, well, it's going to go exactly as it's been written anyway. It doesn't matter. Betrayal, disappointment, whatever. It doesn't matter. There is something that's been written about you. Written about what God purposed for this place. I know we've been contending for it. And I know the enemy's tried to steal that scroll that's been written over this Moravian Falls. Some folks come, it doesn't happen quite as fast or like they thought. I'm telling you, we're contending and we're going to grab hold. We're not going to let go. We're going to see, thus saith the Lord. Somebody's going to do that on the earth. God, what's been written, let it be done. And then, before any significant move, there will always come a pruning. How I many of you know that's true? I don't like it. I never have liked the pruning. But John chapter 15, I, you can read it later, John 15, verse 1 through 2. No, let's read it now. Is that okay? Because we need to see this in black and red. It is in red. John 15. Verse 1, I am the true vine, that Jesus is speaking, and my Father is the vine dresser. He dresses up the vine. But anyway, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he prunes or he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, every branch that bears fruit, he what? He prunes. Wait a minute. That it may bear more fruit. That's not fair. You get pruned if you don't bear fruit. You get pruned if you do bear fruit. But if you do bear fruit, the reason for the pruning is that you might bear more fruit. Say more fruit. And Jesus said, abide in me, and I in you. A branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. 
I'm the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. And then he goes on to describe what happens to those who don't bear fruit. They get gathered together and thrown into the fire. And they're burned. But let my word, he goes on, let my word abide in you. And then another thing. When God begins to move, remember it's all about Him. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. That's going to be one of the main things. When God begins to use people, you know there's a certain amount of, you know, some kind of publicity. You just, it's all about Jesus. And that you have to, you have to fight for that. It's not going to come easily. You got to fight. You got to stand. You got to deflect. Roberts, in the Wales, he would just run and hide when the attention came toward him. He would get away. He wouldn't show up. And then another thing, stay dependent on the Spirit. Jesus said, remember in John, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. And what begins in the Spirit must be continued in the Spirit. So you just keep on. Dependency upon the Holy Spirit. And then another thing is, don't forget the Great Commission. Finney, Charles Finney said that revivals begin to wane when the people forget their mission. And they begin to be focused on themselves. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He came to seek and save that which is lost. Any move of God is going to see, any great awakening is going to see people come to the Lord Jesus. And they're going to see the church arise and go to many places on the earth. Just like we're seeing happen. Mongolia, Haiti, Colombia, Ukraine, India, and all points in between. It's happening. It's going to happen more. God's getting ready. We've got to be on the move. On the move. Amen. How many of you know that? Now I want to back up. There's something I want to read to you about that move of God in Mississippi. I was going through my, my stuff, spring cleaning, down in the basement where my office is. Sometimes it gets messy. How many of you get messy? Your office gets messy sometimes. You, you got to clean up occasionally. So anyway, I'm cleaning. You do what? Yeah, Jake, my dog stays in my office, so it's, you can't help. And he's shedding like crazy right now. The black hair is everywhere. If you want to come to my office, you are at your own risk. <laughs> anyway, it's pretty wild. But anyway, I'm digging through stuff, trying to do some spring cleaning. And I ran across a poem that a lady, a girl, Kimberly Hatfield, she's probably not Kimberly Hatfield today. You know, this was February the 6th, 1996. She gave it to me, and I remember I looked at it. I thought, well, that's wonderful, and I just stuck it aside. You ever done that? You just forget. So I'm going to read it, first of all, to reminisce. But this was really the testimony of what God did. And keep in mind as I read it, it's what God did then. But now we're getting ready for what God's going to do now. A Mighty Move of God, that was the title in a Baptist church. There's a mighty move of God right here in Mississippi. He's changing hearts and lives in Columbia's church assembly. 
The Calvary Baptist Church has sponsored this event, but God Himself has visited with purpose and intent. They're coming by the hundreds. Now, she wrote this at the beginning. They came by the thousands later on. But for the sake of what she wrote, they're coming by the hundreds to witness heaven's gate. Satan is moving over. God's message will not wait. Hell's flames will not defeat us nor overcome us yet. Because face to face we've seen him, Jesus, we have met. We've witnessed his salvation in husbands and in wives. Children in droves are coming, finding Jesus in their lives. The power of God is shaking Mississippi to our roots. From the poorest old dirt farmer to the businessman in suits. God has crossed the borders of guarded broken hearts. He's broken all the records human endeavors can chart. You can feel the spirit moving from the basement to the roof. And the lineup at the altar is powerful living proof. Souls have come with tears from shattered broken dreams. Freed from the flames of hell and Satan's lying schemes. Blacks and whites together singing praises to the Lord. No prejudice to bind us nor hinder our reward. For God has blessed his family with the humbleness of the cross. We are slaves together and Jesus is our boss. We serve a risen Savior, our sin beneath his feet. We taste the master's manna on the bread of life we feast. We drink his living water. Hell's flames will surely quench when the Holy Ghost upon us, our spirits, have completely drenched. By the end of that three weeks, we had 1,200 plus people saved in a church of 150 people. One more thing, when she wrote about blacks and whites, I got to tell you this, I, can't, I may have shared this somewhere along the way, but you know, Mississippi has a uh, reputation you know, of a little bit racism and prejudice. And, and even while we were there, there were examples of um, just blatant racism. I, it made me sick. I know it grieved the Holy Spirit. So anyway, before the meetings, God put it on my heart to preach on the sin of racism in the heart of Mississippi. And I put it on the, uh, you know, little marquee deal, the sin of racism this Sunday. Whatever day it was. And the leader of the uh, regional, denominational, associational, the, yeah, the Baptist Association came to my office. He said, I'd like to have a talk with you. Sure. Come on in. He said, I would encourage you, do not preach that message from this pulpit. He said, if you do, you're going to get cut. Now, my thought was, cut? What do you mean cut? You're going to cut my throat? You're going to cut cut my shorts you, you're, gonna, you're gonna cut me what do you mean that's all I and anyway I remembered from the days if Rick spoke one thing back in those early days he spoke once he spoke it many many times the scripture that says if I seek to please men I would not be a bond servant of Christ and so that was just in my spirit in my mind and I thought about that after he said I'm gonna get cut I said I looked at him I said if I seek to please men I would not be a servant of Christ. I'm going to preach. And I did. And that Sunday was the most remarkable Sunday. One of the men who was the foundational stone pillars in that church, been there forever and ever and ever. The other man, Weatherford, he's long gone. He was, now, 
I don't, he might have been in the clan. I don't know. And he probably wasn't. But, you know, the clan was still around in those days. That's probably what he meant by cut. But anyway, he was the first man to the altar to repent for racism. Got on his knees. Repented. A young black boy came to our rehearsal. We're getting ready. He was doing the lighting for that week. He got saved, found Jesus. We baptized him in that church first ever in the history of Mississippi that I know of. We baptized the black guy in our pool. He was an amazing young man on fire for God. There are a lot of firsts that happens when God begins to come. But that was then. This is now. The whole earth is ripe. Why do I know that? Because the whole earth is needy. God's looking for people that will believe and rise up and say, I don't care what they say. I don't care what they do. I am a bondservant of the king of all kings. And they proclaim the truth and they live the truth. And they, you know, it's one thing for God to get a hold of a man or a woman. And use them for his purposes. And he does that all the time. He's got a hold of you guys. He's got a hold of you. It's another thing for a man or a woman to get a hold of God. And say, God, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Until you bless my nation. Until you save our families, our children. God, I'm not going to let you go. And I believe that's where we are. There's that kind of faith right now. That God is releasing. There's grace to believe God for the supernatural. To believe God for the impossible. If all God can do is what we think he can do, we're going to miss God. He's way beyond. He does abundantly, exceedingly, above all that you can ask or even think. He's God. Is America too lost to be saved? Some folks believe so. But in my book, no, not until it's over. The fat lady hadn't sung yet. And I believe God. Whole nations are going to come to him in this hour. South Africa is ripe to be a nation that turns to the Lord in this hour. And I'm telling you, Haiti, you, those guys, I'm telling you, you're going to see passion for Jesus when you get there. And you bring, you bring the passion you have. You bring some back. But I want to just pray right now. I don't, I don't know how to, to end this except somehow to respond and to receive faith. I tell you, there are champions of the faith in this room. You've been being trained, battered, scarred, smothered, been ridiculed, rejected. Sped upon. I don't know if anybody been sped upon. I hadn't. I never have you. I don't know if that happened or not. But it could. You know it could. What are you going to do? Run for mommy? Help! No. You're going to stand. You're going to stand. Having done all to stand. You don't drop out when God moves in a place. You get ready to get involved. Run the race while you can run it. There'll be a day no man will work. You don't want to come to that day and say, well, I moved on your behalf. I was right there and you sat down. I walked in, you sat down. No, you grab hold of the moment. 
Say, God, I believe you. I believe you. What shall you do to do the works of him? You believe. You believe on him whom the Father sent. You believe. I believe. I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he's able to keep what I've committed unto him. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Lord, help me. God, I'm always reminded, like I was this morning, how weak I am. Lord, thank you. You've taught me to boast in my weaknesses, that the power of Christ would rest upon me. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room, everyone watching. God, don't let us kowtow to our weakness or to any demon or opinion, wherever that opinion comes from. God, fill us fresh with faith for the moment, for the hour. God, we thank you for the dealing and the working of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we see evidence around us as we looked some of these things from your word. But Lord, we thank you for past moves of God. We're honored for John G. Lake. We're honored of how you moved in Oral Roberts and Catherine Kuhlman and Lord Billy Sunday and Mordecai Ham, where Billy Graham was saved on the last verse or the last stanza that he often would tell us. God, thank you. Thank you for all of these great men and women. Thank you for Azusa Street. Thank you for Pensacola. Thank you for what you did when Shirley and I went in Columbia, Mississippi. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. We had a, a taste. When you, get, when you drink just a little from that fountain, nothing else satisfies you. Nothing else. Lord, I thank you. But now, God, we thank you for the move of God that's destined and, and has been written for our generation, for our children, for our families, for our nations, God, the nation of America. We thank you, God, that we've been marked, we've been stamped, we've been written upon by the finger of God. Lord, I pray that over every man and woman right now, every boy, every girl. Lord, I thank you. Let them see they've been, you've written it over their forehead. Holy to the Lord. Holy, separated to the God, to God Almighty. Lord, I pray right now, just release fresh faith, fresh fire. How many of you want this? Just, just stand where you are right now. Just, Lord, I receive. Raise your hand. Just, Lord, I receive. I receive. There's not much we can do but receive. We're not worthy. He's worthy. We're not righteous. He's righteous. He made us righteous. We are righteous in the blood of Jesus. Thank you. Lord, we ask you for fresh fire, fresh anointing upon every person, every man, woman, boy, girl. Lord, we thank you for the call of God that's on our lives. Father, we thank you that wherever we go, the atmosphere can be changed because of greater is he that's in us than he that's living in the world. Lord, we thank you for souls that are coming now. We prophesy souls in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the harvest. Lord, we know the enemy's plan is to preempt and eliminate the harvest. We declare this will not be aborted in the name of Jesus. There will be no abortion of the harvest. Thank you for the seeds that have been planted, God. And we declare that the rains 
will bring forth the fruit. God, you said more fruit. Those that get pruned, they bear more fruit. So we stand upon more fruit in the name of Jesus. And Lord, bless people right now. Fill them. God, we pray miracles, signs, wonders. In the name of Jesus, God, many of us are standing in the gap for we know those who are sick, those that have been afflicted, those that are under torment. God, right now we pray for the power of heaven to break out for every man, woman, Lord, every family, there's a family on many of our minds. God, we ask you right now for an open heaven and the power of Jesus to break out. There's nothing impossible, nothing impossible with our God. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we just praise you. God, touch our nation. Touch America. Touch America, God. Lord, send a great awakening. Lord, we're not going to let you go until you bless us. Because, Lord, we're going to be held accountable. We love this nation. We love you. And we know God so loved America. And, God, we praise you. We honor you. And Lord, we know it's getting dark. You said it would. But at the same time, you said the glory of the Lord will be seen upon you. So, God, we thank you for giving us weapons for this hour. Faith, love, perseverance, endurance. Thank you for the word of truth. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you. God, we prophesy over people watching right now. In the name of Jesus, we speak to their nation. We declare those that right now are watching, or they will watch in the coming days or weeks, months. God, we prophesy. Raise that person up, Lord. Raise them up. Make them an instrument, a vessel of mercy, that you would be glorified in that nation, God. We pray for an outbreak of the Holy Spirit. In that nation, right now, we're those that are grabbing hold of this. We declare God is moving in that land. We declare the kingdom of God has come. In the name of Jesus.